Well, good morning, church. Good to be here with you this morning. As we get started this morning, would you, would you let me pray? Uh, gracious God, I, I ask your blessing upon all uh, that happens from here uh, forward in this service. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will be uh, with my heart and my lips, uh, my mouth, my tongue, Lord, that um, whatever is said will be from you, uh, and Lord, whatever isn't can be discarded. Lord, I ask that um, all of us in the room will gather around your word and, and point our, our faces in your direction and give you praise. Lord, you're the reason we're here, and we long to give you praise and worship in this way this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to guess a movie that I'm thinking of. I'll give you a, I'll give you a few uh, hints along the way. It's a movie that came out when I was in high school. That's the first hint. I... Uh, I graduated in 1997. Uh, for some of you, that makes me older. For some of you, you think, wow, he's still very young. This movie uh, has lots of men with painted faces in it. This movie also has uh, lots of men with uh, kilts on. The primary theme of this movie, you're ruining it is freedom. Anybody have a guess as to what this... Yeah, yeah. It is. Braveheart. Yeah, you guys are good. You guys really good. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like telling the punchline to a joke before the joke is actually told. It's Braveheart, if you didn't know. It's this just incredible story of, of freedom. Actually, it's a story about this guy. His name's William Wallace. Uh, he's decided that he's never going to fight, that he's never going to be a warrior. And now uh, his life suddenly is thrust into um, deciding. On one side, there is this extreme tyranny, this oppression that is surrounding him, his people, the people that he loves. There's this extraordinary uh, vat filled with oppression. On the other side, there is this vision. There's this mission of freedom. And, and, and the irony of the story, whoa, it was like going back to ninth grade right there. The irony... Um, the irony of the story is that he really has to, in order for freedom to become the mission, in order for the integrity of the mission of freedom to actually be carried out, he must become a slave to freedom in order for freedom to reign. He must attach himself as a slave to freedom in order for freedom to come about. And so even as he takes his last dying breath, it is a breath that says, I will be a slave to freedom in order for the mission to move forward. 
And I wonder, church, if this is exactly where God has all of us. That God has us right in the place where we must decide if we will allow ourselves to be free as slaves. That we will attach ourselves to the mission of freedom for the sake of others. That that we will live freely as slaves so that others might come to know and understand and believe and be inspired by the mission of Jesus and the opportunity that freedom brings to others. We're in this series, Love Where You Live, and and really the purpose and, and, and the driving force behind all of this series is to encourage you all, where you sit, where you live, to be involved in your community. Uh, the idea is that, that you all, uh, with your business partners, that with your coworkers, with your colleagues, with your friends, with your neighbors, uh, with the neighbor down the street you don't even like, with your enemies, with those that persecute you, that you would be willing ready and able to count yourselves free as slaves to the mission that God has given and that you would love where you live. And this morning, we're going to encounter a man who knew a lot about this journey of freedom You see, he thought at one point in his life that he was free, uh, and then he realized in a bit of irony himself that he was chained to slavery. And then when he was unchained, when things began, uh, when he was unshackled by sin that Jesus allowed him to be unshackled with, he, he chained himself freely to be a slave for Jesus. And so this morning, I just want to look at the origins of God's story in us. I want to look at the origins of God's story in us, and then I want to look at the results that story brings. I want to look at the source of God's good news as it operates in our life. I want to look at its beginnings, and then I want to... I want to look at the outcomes of the sort of life that says, I'll sign up. I will live freely as a slave and surrender fully and finally to Jesus. So would you open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. For those of you that may not have a Bible... Um, If you want to go ahead and reach out, there's a pew Bible in front of you. It's going to be page 785, page Free as slaves. The origin of our life is with Jesus. Uh, The very beginning 
of our life begins with the gospel of Jesus, that he came, that he transformed the very source of who we happen to be so that we might actually begin to live free as slaves is none other than the person of Jesus Christ. That he, he shared with us and transformed us through the good news that only he could bring. Look with me then in chapter 5 of Romans, verse 6. You, you see... Paul writes, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though uh, for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's the transformation of what God does in people. It's what only He can do. It's the origin and the source of our real life. It's what allows us to go all in on life, to say, I surrender all. Now go over to chapter 6. Go over to chapter 6 and look in verse 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. That's the story. It's the story of your life and mine. It's the story of one realm that we used to live in, where we were slaves to this, where we were shackled to our own sin and our shame and unrepentance. And then Christ came and he unshackled us. And it's that picture of freedom. And having true freedom, having experienced it, we go back and say, I want others to experience this sort of thing as well. And I will give all of myself to that. And so we love where we live when we live free as slaves, saying, I, as now a free person who no longer is obedient to sin, but obedient to Christ, I will shackle myself to him and the freedom that he gives, and I'll become a slave to that. And I'll walk forward in that. One of the things that we do often around here is we sing. Did you notice that? We sing, and we have guitar, and we have the drums, and sometimes we clap, and uh, sometimes maybe we cry. But there are songs that we sing that really uh, kind of help us understand this good news, that God's transformed us. As a young man, there was a, one of the songs that we used to sing in, in church. Uh, some of you recognize this song. You're free to sing along with me if you wish. It goes something like this. It's called, Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the seas heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, 
love lifted me. Do, do, do you get it? I mean, some of you are going to go home and you're going to get into your cars and you're going to look over at your spouse and you're going to go, love lifted me. Some of you are going to begin to hum, love lifted me. And, and, it's, and it's really this just beautiful picture of the gospel. It's, it's Jesus. It's the origin. It's the source of why we are what we are. And we say, I, I am free. I have been unshackled free at last. And we don't just sing old songs like that. There are new ones too. There's one called Going Free. Right when the gavel fell, I heard the freedom bell ring through the heart of hell. I'm going free. I'm going free. I'm on a narrow road. It's paved with grace and hope. It's going to lead me home. I'm going free. Glory, glory, hallelujah. You threw my shackles in the sea. I love that part. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Jesus is my liberty. I'm going free. It's a picture of God's transformation, the thing that you and I can't do on our own because we're incapable of doing it. It's the picture of Jesus coming from heaven to earth so that he would receive the death that was ours so that we could receive the life that was his. It's the gospel right there, right there in front of us. We've been set free through Christ. He's done something that we couldn't do. And so the result is that we would give him everything, that we would hold nothing back, that all would be his. And so we say, I am free. And I will live free as a slave to Christ. Free as a slave. It's this picture where you and I say, I'm going to offer up all that is available in my senses, all of my body, all of my talents, all of my giftedness. It all belongs to him. I will surrender all of it, free as slaves. When we live free as slaves, we will love where we live. We will say, I am not going to, to settle for the comfortable, but I will indulge where Jesus is in the radical Instead of the absurd, or instead of the logical, I'll be okay with the absurd. I'll do that which no one else would do uh, so that I might say that I am a slave of Christ. Would you read with me? It's the outcome, it's the result of our faith of our having been freed, when we live freely as slaves, recognizing what God has done that we couldn't, it comes out. Look, look at chapter 6, verse 12. I want you to notice this verb. Sometimes I get geeked up about verbs. It's because where the, that's where the action is. Some of you got that joke. I'm really impressed. Therefore, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey or offer yourselves its evil desire. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. 
If you drop down now again to verse 16, don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. He's saying, hey, we don't get out of not being slaves. You're either going to be a slave to the tyranny and the sin that was with you before, or you get to be a free slave belonging to Jesus. Now, which one's it going to be? Will you live free as slaves to Jesus, or will you live freely as slaves to something else, to sin, to death, to disobedience, to wickedness? You have a glorious opportunity, and it requires everything of you. The thing that Jesus is going to say is, is to his disciples is things like, come and follow me, take up your cross. And let's not trivialize the cross. The cross is not a sickness. It's not a conflict. The cross is nothing other than death. When Jesus was asking his disciples, hey, come and follow me and take up your cross, he was saying, come and die. Give everything. Give it all. Surrender. And so when we choose to live free as slaves, then perhaps there's nothing that we won't do. In lots of pictures that Scripture gives us, perhaps uh, if we struggle with sin, uh, we would be willing even to cut off our own hand or our arm or gouge out our eye because I want to live free as slaves. Perhaps I would stop at nothing so that some might come to know the freedom that I know in Christ. Perhaps I would be willing uh, to give the coat off my back and turn the other cheek and allow someone to insult me so that I could live free as a slave. Perhaps I would love my enemies and pray for those who persecute me because I desire to live free as a slave. Slaves will give all, and they will do so freely. So what's the outcome in your life? What's it look like when you say, I will give all? Jesus has transformed me from something dark to something light. He has taken the grave clothes off and given me something new to wear. He's transformed me from something old to something new. So what does it look like for you? This last week as I was mulling around, what does it look like for all of us to love where we live freely as slaves, giving ourselves fully to the mission of the freedom of Christ? And I ran into an article by a guy by the name of David Ferguson. You could probably look this article up. And he just says there's some ways that you and I have to bless our neighbors, to bless our friends, to bless our colleagues to bless our enemies. And he, he actually uh, uses an acronym of BLESS, B-L-E-S-S, -S, in order to do this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that to you. And the B is this. The B of BLESS, begin by praying. B begin with prayer. Uh, now, uh, the prayer is probably first for you. 
God, lead me. Would you help me find someone? How would you have me go about engaging my neighbors, engaging my friends, engaging my colleagues? Who would you have me pray for? Who would you have me be with? And then, of course, the other part of prayer is that you would be listening. Okay, Lord, here's the people in my life. Uh, Who is it that you would have me engage? And that you would be praying just every day. Lord, who is it? And then once you have a sense, I need to pray this way. I need to pray uh, for this neighbor, for this friend, for this colleague. That you would actually begin to pray with them in mind. Would you pray for Jen? Would you pray for her? I know she's in a tough spot. She's got three girls, and she desperately needs to know more about you. I don't know how to help her, but Lord, would you help me to be bold and courageous in her life and have uh, maybe even Uh, Would you take me out of my comfort zone and talking to her in spiritual ways that I have to take a big breath before I, I, I say, would you help me to do that? And whoever it is for you, would you begin to pray just, Lord, who is it? And then pray for them. Pray for that person. The L, and for some of us, is this one is harder than others. As a preacher, I've been trained to speak. I've been trained to talk. Of course, Scripture says, hey, it's more, it's better. You know, we have uh, two ears and one mouth, so uh, listen twice as much as you, you speak. That part's not in Scripture, but we, we listen. We listen more than we speak. Would you listen? Would you listen to that person? That person that, you, that the Lord has said, hey, hey, uh, why don't you strike up a conversation with them? Would you listen? As you go into their sphere, would you just listen? Listen to their story. Listen about their job. Listen about their heartaches. Listen about their struggles and their pain. Listen about their joys and celebrate with them as you listen. And just simply get to know them. This isn't about you. This isn't about impressing them. Uh, This isn't about handing them a tract. This isn't about um, saying, hey, um, you know, uh, there's 10 things you need to know about the Bible. Just just listen to them. Listen. Get to know. Over the years, I've enjoyed getting to know some of you just by listening to some of the stories that you have, that you've told, that you tell me. So listen. Listen. The E in bless is eat. Can I get an amen for eat? Okay, all right. We, we enjoy eating. I like eating. You like eating. Would you, would you sit down for coffee with someone? Hey, would you, would you want to go for lunch? We all have the same amount of time. We all have the same days in a week. And perhaps you could love where you live, living freely as a slave to Christ, and say, you know what, I know this colleague, this co-worker, and they have, uh, they have lunch by themselves in the break room every day. I- I'm going to see if they want to have lunch with me. And then I'll practice my listening. And I'm going to get to know them. And I'm going to ask some questions about who they are and where they've been, and, and I'm going to hear their story. 
And I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to just say, I, I want to sit down across the table. I want to eat. And maybe you do that once. Maybe you do it ten times. Maybe you have coffee. Maybe you have, uh, you know, a soda. I don't know. I don't know if you call it. Is it soda or a pop up here? Okay. How many for pop? How many for soda? Okay. All right. We'll work on that. Okay. But whatever it is, sit down. I don't have to tell you that throughout Scripture, oftentimes great things happen around meals. Great lessons are told and learned. The first S in bless is the story. As you go through this whole process, I hope that as a Christian desiring to live freely as a slave, to love where you live, that you'd be looking for opportunities where you can talk about Jesus' story in you. You can say, you know what? Jesus has made an incredible difference in my life. This is where Jesus has showed up for me. This is who I was, and this is who I am. I still struggle with all of this stuff. I don't know what to do with all of this stuff, uh, but I do know that I've been set free I've been unshackled and unchained, and I've chosen to do this. And I just, I want to share that with you. I want you to know that, that, that Jesus actually does make a difference. I live differently, and my life is different because of Jesus. And you get to share the story. And you're not maybe expecting a response, but a response might come. Who knows? But you share the story. And the last S, you serve. Would you serve them? Serve them before you serve you. Uh, serve them in, in every imaginable way. I was talking with someone last night via text message. I was out all day raking. You know what? I bet it wouldn't take all day to rake if someone down the street came over and brought a couple of rakes and served, maybe it's, maybe it's raking. Maybe it's something that they got to do on their house. Uh, maybe, maybe it's helping them move something. Maybe if they can't get out of the house, it's taking them from one place to another. There's probably a million and one ways that you can figure out how to bless this person by just simply serving them. And not serving them like a kind of a, a switch, like I'm going to serve you and now you have to come to church with me. <laughs> no, no. Just simply say, I'm going to serve you. Whatever your response is going to be, my responsibility right now to love where I live is that I would serve you and eventually, perhaps, I will get to tell my story. To love where you live means you live free as slaves. And so my challenge, my encouragement to all of us is that we'd recognize the origin of our life. The source is Jesus. We've been transformed. Our lives will never be the same. And that the result, the outcome will be that we live free as slaves to love 
where we live. Let's pray. God, I ask your guidance and, and your leadership upon all that we say and do. Lord, I pray that despite the, the cracked pot that delivers the message, Lord, that you would bring it home. And that you would help each of us wrestle with this idea that we are slaves to you to live righteously and do right things. May we make ourselves available fully and finally for you. That we might help others live freely. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.